Bienvenue, benvenuti, and welcome to Expatriotical, the podcast for expats, travelers, and other adventurous souls. I'm Chandra Alley, and after living as an expat with my husband and four children in two different countries for almost six years, I've learned the arts of pivoting during pitfalls, traveling tastefully for less, and soaking in amazing new cultures without losing your own. Join me as we dive into the joys and challenges of travel and the expat life in every episode. In this, the very first episode, I'm going to share with you a little part of my story, the part where I actually became an expat, but it may benefit us all for me to share a bit of my backstory before that fateful move. Side note here, originally I was going to do this episode in a slightly different manner, but after I had actually recorded the first take, I got a call from an expat friend here in Paris who had just walked through a slightly traumatic experience and I shared the story of how I had gone through something very similar myself shortly after becoming an expat. At the end of our conversation, she told me thank you, and she said that she felt so much better and she now had hope. That triggered a thought in me so to slightly shift the way I approach all of this. So I make it personal sometimes, and if that occasionally sounds like complaining, it certainly isn't meant to, at least for the most part. But the fact of the matter is that the life as an expat can be rough. And I want this to be a safe, shared place for you to feel seen and walk through the delights and sometimes truly the devastations that come uniquely to expats. Okay, with that, I will now tell you who I am. I was raised for the most of my childhood in small town Colorado in a beautiful little mountain valley town called Beulah. Halfway through eighth grade, we moved to Baca County, Colorado, which is in the plains. Imagine Kansas, but you're still in Colorado. I also grew up pretty poor. I know a lot of people don't like that word, but that was just how life was for us. Our vacations were usually fishing trips up to Blue Mesa Lake near Gunnison, Colorado. The most exotic destination we ever went to was a trip to Branson, Missouri in the dead of winter. Places like London, Rome, and Paris were all little dots on the map that I could only ever dream of visiting. After high school, I moved to the panhandle of Texas and attended a small university there called West Texas A&M University, Go Buffs. And even though I loved it there, eventually my childhood dream of becoming an actress called me West and I moved to California. There are a lot of stories I could tell you there, but suffice it to say that after five and a half years of pursuing acting, and eventually getting my degree in theater, I moved back to Colorado after college graduation and became a radio DJ. After about a year of living in Colorado, I reconnected with Chris, my now husband, who was ironically my first boyfriend ever, thus the reconnection. We dated for six months, got engaged, and then about seven months later, got married in August of 2011. Due to Chris taking a job for an aerospace company two months before we got married, our honeymoon was the drive from Colorado to Seattle, Washington. I will spare you all the details of our four years in the Seattle area, but I will say we made some incredible friends there and also welcomed two new members into our family, our daughter Lilia and then our son Carson. When Carson was five months old, we moved to Flower Mound, Texas, which is just outside Dallas. This was due to Chris's new position in the company, which is the same position that has taken us overseas. Basically, we move every three to five years, depending on the desires of the company and their clients and on countries' allowances for length of visa, etc. Anyway, we welcomed our third child, Isaiah, into our family 
in March of 2017, and not much over a year later, we were not only expecting our fourth child, I know, I know, wow, another one, (laughs) but we also heard about a couple of positions coming available in Europe, one in Italy and one in Belgium. Italy especially was a super attractive option, but me being pregnant threw a curveball into the whole situation. So we sat down and started researching because I'm not going to tell you that I didn't have any anxiety over the thought of giving birth in another country. Even though this was my fourth baby, experience helped, but it didn't trump all my fears. Research, however, did and put a lot of those fears to rest. Most of the chats and articles that I read about women giving birth in Italy expressed positive experiences and there was one I will never forget which was a woman proclaiming it was the best hospital food she had ever had I can now attest that to be delightfully true moving on in the story Chris and I prayed about the decision and felt peace about at least putting our name into the hat trusting that if it wasn't God's will for us to go then the company would just pass so while we were on vacation in South Carolina this was back when we could afford a vacation only every other year so we weren't going to cancel it Chris interviewed for the position in our hotel room Shortly after returning to Texas, he got the call that he had gotten the job, and then things started to get real. Our life trajectories pretty much changed from that moment on. We unenrolled our daughter, Lilia, from the kindergarten that was right down the street and began to search for a school in Milan that would have an equivalent curriculum to that used in most schools in the States as our next move could have always been and honestly could still be back to the United States. Thankfully, finding the school was easy. The American School of Milan was a standout to us, but filling out all of the applications and sending in all of the paperwork was daunting. A little tidbit about me is that I despise filling out applications for pretty much anything. It is the bane of my existence, but as many expats know, paperwork, official documents, proof of vaccinations, translations of documents are all part of the game, and so you just grit your teeth and power through. And that's what I did, at least for the school part. Chris, on the other hand, dealt with getting the immigration company and his employer all the documentation they needed to start the visa application. We got our children passports, which actually only recently expired and whose pictures are so precious um, that it just brought back so many memories when I retired them to our safe just a few months back. So just eight short weeks after finding out that Chris had gotten the job, a moving truck pulled up in front of our house in Texas and began packing and loading our life up into a truck to be shipped across the ocean. We said goodbye to not only our dear family and friends, but also to Chris's beloved 2001 Ford Explorer, which had been with him since he had first went off to college and had enough miles to have driven to the moon and back. It was an emotional time. I mean, seriously, I'm not joking. We were both sad to say goodbye to Bullet. That was the car's name. It was also really stressful because the movers announced to us on the first day of packing that they had miscalculated and would need an extra day to pack everything up, which sent poor Chris into a flurry of canceling our flights and coordinating to get another five airplane tickets that were actually seated next to one another for the next day. But by God's grace, It all worked out. The movers got an extra day and so did we to say goodbye. And as I tucked my kids into their beds at the residence inn by the DFW airport that last night in Texas, 
the surrealism of all of it really came over me. There was also a bit of sadness, but it was mixed with hope, excitement, and uncertainty. But I will say, I really did feel ready. The next day was exciting, and we got to experience new things even before landing in Europe, like an airline lounge, which was like being a kid in a candy store to all of us, except for trying to keep our three small children quiet in said lounge. The flight from Dallas to Frankfurt was the longest flight the kids and I had ever taken. Chris had traveled farther than that for business, but for the rest of us, it was quite an adventure. I'm going to be honest and tell you that traveling with an 18-month-old on a 10-hour flight is rough. All that little Isaiah wanted to do was run up and down the aisle, back and forth between Chris and I. He was deliriously tired a few hours in, and I didn't have much room on my lap with my big pregnant belly, so the burden of wrestling... Isaiah, Zay is his nickname, to sleep fell on Chris, of course. After very little sleep, we awoke to landing in Frankfurt. We stepped out into an airport full of signs in German and thankfully also in English and started trying to find some breakfast. This is the first time we learned that most of Europe doesn't do breakfast the same. It does breakfast quite differently than the typical hot American breakfast. I'm more used to that now and have learned to adapt, but initially paying 45 euros for a cup or a couple of yogurt parfait cups, some fruit and a few croissants was a bit hard for me to swallow. After we ate breakfast, I wanted all of us to brush our teeth because apparently we hadn't done that on the airplane and doing that with a deliriously tired and cranky five-year-old, three-year-old and 18-month-old in an airport bathroom where other people are also trying to take care of business will be a standout memory and experience probably always. Saying all this out loud makes me sound maybe like I'm a little bit of a baby or prima donna, but when you fly overseas for the very first time, being six and a half months pregnant with your kids, everyone is sleep deprived and you know this isn't just a vacation, it can be a lot to take in. Anyway, we took our connecting flight to Milan, and I think that that is where the real language overwhelm sunk in, as there were definitely less signs in English in the airport, and I definitely heard less English being spoken. But we made our way to the rental car place with all three kids, 10 suitcases, three car seats, and a Bob double jogging stroller, all of which, again, by the grace of God, I was able to pack into a Ford Galaxy, which was so much smaller than our Honda Odyssey minivan. So it was literally like a miracle that we got it all in. Then Chris proceeded to drive us because the thought of driving in Italy, even though we had learned that they drove on the same side of the road as we did in America, that thought was terrifying to me. So Chris drove us the one hour into the city from Malpensa Airport. To be totally transparent, I was disappointed when I first left the airport. It was August, so should be beautiful summer day, but that day you could tell that it had rained earlier and all you could see were gray skies and gray concrete walls that surrounded the autostrada, which is the Italian word for highway or freeway. And I thought, Where are the sun-kissed lanes lined with brightly colored houses full of character and topped with terracotta tiles? There were none to be seen. And I was talking to Chris the other day, and he remembered thinking the same thing too. But thankfully, once we got off the autostrada, those charming buildings and that colorful culture started coming into view. There is so much more that I could and will eventually share with you about those first few days and months in Milan, 
But I think that these next two points are crucial to share now. One is we arrived on a Friday afternoon and my daughter started school on Monday. I think that can a lot of times be an accurate description of many people's experiences at ex- as expats. You just hit the ground running. You don't have time to stop or think or even breathe. You just do. You just get through and get to a point where you can start to let up maybe a little and look around and assess. So if you are going through that right now, please know that everything you are feeling or experiencing is completely normal and this too shall pass. The second thing I wanted to share is that when we arrived at the beautiful Hotel Sheraton Diana Majestic and were greeted by its amazing and kind staff, we had no idea that this was going to be home for our, I put air quotes in there if you couldn't hear them or couldn't see them, home for our family of five for the next 10 weeks. Even though we were staying in a lovely suite, There was no kitchen, not even a hot plate. So other than the delicious breakfast that was at the hotel, we, or really I, because Chris was working, had to go out and search for places to eat. That might seem like no big deal, but another thing I learned was that Italians don't eat dinner until late. I mean, like many restaurants near us didn't even open until 7.30, which was 30 minutes before my kids' bedtime. Also, the Italian and European in general, I believe, dining experience is more laid back and they do not rush to take your order, bring you your food or anything. Now, I really appreciate that because I don't like being rushed out the door so that the restaurant can turn the table. But since this was my first immersion into this experience with three small children, I remember not loving that part. So in other words, it was a lot of effort to find places to feed my family every night. The other part of the hotel being our home that was stressful was that as each week passed, my due date grew closer and closer. And I remember praying and begging God to not have to, for me to not have to bring my newborn son home to a hotel. Thankfully, we did not have to, but the old adage of God never being late and always being on time it almost fell through because we moved out of the hotel and into our house on a Wednesday. On Thursday, we picked Chris's parents up from the airport as they were going to be the ones to stay with the kids when we were at the hospital. And on Friday, I went into my routine appointment um, and my doctor told me that I had to go to the hospital immediately to be induced, which was definitely unplanned. There are a lot of other details behind that, and I will share that experience in, in another episode, but suffice it to say that we got into our house by the skin of our teeth. I kind of even feel like after retelling this story right now, I need to take a breath. It was a lot, you guys. It was a whirlwind. It was overwhelming. We had so many challenges and technical difficulties to overcome. I mean, I couldn't even find peanut butter in the grocery store for goodness sake. How on earth was I supposed to make my kids a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on occasion so that I didn't have to go out to a restaurant for lunch with my toddlers? The point of sharing these things is that if you are hearing this and you're like, yep, I've been there or oh my goodness, that's my life like right now. Please know I feel you. I've been there and it's hard and it's rough and your friends and family back home may not and probably will not understand, but you are going to get through this one day at a time, one step at a time. You can do this and you are stronger than you realize. 
and I am here for you. Hopefully offering words to comfort, encourage, and inspire you as you continue on this journey of being an expat. So with that, in a minute, I'm going to do my first Shan Select, where I share with you either a great restaurant I've eaten at, hotel I've stayed at, experience I, or a museum I've been to, so that if you ever get a chance to be in that part of the world, you can try it for yourself. But first, I want to share one of my favorite quotes or poems, if you will, about traveling, which you can also honestly relate to life in general. It's the Irish blessing, and here it is. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Okay, let's jump into the Shan Select for this episode, which is Ristorante Borgo di Vione. Ristorante means restaurant in Italian, which is probably a no-brainer, and Borgo Borgo, with a very, my, my regular plain American accent, means village. And I'm pretty sure Vione is just a name. But I chose this particular restaurant because since in this inaugural episode, I talked about becoming an expat by moving to Italy, I had to share my favorite Italian restaurant with you. A fun and special fact about this restaurant is that it is attached to the community that my family and I lived in for almost four years, when we lived in Italy, subtracting, of course, the initial 10 weeks we lived in the hotel, etc. The owner, Marco, is the sweetest, kindest man who's created an environment that is classy, but yet relaxed enough to eat at with your, or my, really, four wild and zany children. The staff makes you feel welcome, like you're part of the family, but the food Oh my goodness, the food is phenomenal. The pizza was by far my favorite in all of Milano. The pasta was perfect. The wine was excellent. And they served the best steak in Italy. And one of the best steaks Chris and I had ever had. And that is saying a lot coming from two kids that were raised on homegrown beef. Ristorante Borgo di Vione is located just 30 minutes south of Milan, and you can access it by public transportation, though I would recommend renting a car instead, as it is quite inexpensive to rent a car in Italy and way more convenient. There will be a link to their website in the show notes, and for those that are wondering, no, I am not an affiliate, nor am I getting paid for this, at least at the time of recording this episode, I just simply love Ristorante Borgo di Vione and would love for anyone that is listening listening and wants to to be able to discover the culinary delight that waits for them there so that's it for today you guys thank you so much for listening and joining me on this very first episode of Expatriotical and for letting me join you on your journey today I would be so grateful if you would take the time to hit subscribe in your podcast app and if you're feeling really generous to leave me a rating or even a kind review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll meet you back here next week. And remember to live and travel in the know with Expatriotical.